Life is a winding road No telling where it goes Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to our Perfectly Imperfect World podcast, episode one. My name is James. I am one of your hosts. And with me, I have my beautiful wife, Alex. Hello, everyone. Uh, today, uh, we've been thinking about starting this podcast for quite some time, probably actually over a year. Um, yeah. We kind of recorded a, a first episode back at the end of, um, I guess not last year, since we're in the new year. Um, so two Decembers ago, um, we ended up just not putting it out there and not really feeling comfortable with the content that we made. So here we are starting uh, kind of fresh. Yeah, so we decided to do this podcast to just talk about pretty much just ourselves and our lives. So episodes will be about marriage. We've been married for 10 years. We've we've come a long way from where we were when we first got married and just the lessons we've learned and the people that have helped us along the way. That will be some of what we share. We also have a toddler. She's very much in the toddler phase now. And so we will talk about just um, lessons we've learned with her as well, things we learned to do, and a lot of things we learned not to do with her. We will share that. And then a major part of what we will share on this this journey with everyone is our adventure through IVF and how that's how we have our daughter now. And I think it's um, the IVF journey shaped us as as parents and as a married couple. So everything kind of ties in and we want to we wanted to do this podcast just because we want to share our journey. Obviously, we know people have had it worse, people have had it a lot easier, but this is our story and we kind of wanted to to tell it and if we can touch somebody or guide somebody through a, a tough time, that's what we're we're starting this for is we want to just offer that um kind of guidance and help and, and just be a sounding voice for um, people listening. Yeah, and it will be a nice time that we get to spend together and talk about our lives and and just kind us. Kind of <laughs> go through our memory and, and think of uh, all the good times, the bad times, <laughs> and just kind of reminisce. And I think that'll that's always a good time and to see how far you've come. And I think that, that kind of you know, can segue into kind of our topic for, for this show is our IVF journey and how we got went through so much. And I think it, it definitely, I think, changed our opinions of parenthood in terms mm -hmm. of how we want to raise our, our kid. Um, and I think and just how, like, we react to her and the way we think about when things happen with her, it, it just, it, it definitely changes your perspective on just everything surrounding being a parent. Yeah, I mean, I remember when she was first born and just being up in her room one night and obviously the middle of the night when she was crying and, you know, she wasn't, you know, stopping or going back to bed. She was just crying um, pretty badly. And it was one of those where I was holding her and a lot of parents would be, ah. Oh, I just want to get back to sleep. Just go back to sleep. But that weird moment, I, I stood there and I was like, this is this is what I wanted. You know, this is everything that I could have dreamed of. And <laughs> I'm holding this crying baby who's squirming and not going back to sleep. And I'm super tired. But 
it makes those times a little bit easier, I would say. <laughs> um, obviously, there's times where you're you're still like, please go to sleep. But, um, you know, you look back and you really, you really think you're very thankful for just the ability to be holding a child, especially when you've gone through the IVF uh, cycle. Yeah, so I guess you kind of went off on a tangent there. A good one, but uh, um, I guess to start with, we didn't even start trying for a kid until what we've been married for seven, eight years. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I would say about seven to eight. It was once we moved back here. So 2014 was the first time we actually started trying because before that, I think just. We weren't in a good spot, I think, to have a kid anyways. I think there was always just so much where we were either not in a good spot in our marriage or we had plans of, you know, wanting to to move or wanting to wait, go on one last vacation or just it was always something um, that we wanted to to get done and um, kind of made us wait. And I'm, I'm... kind of glad that we did yeah i remember when we first got married i think i wanted a kid just because it was one of those oh you get married you have a kid obviously we weren't ready for it and it would have been horrendous if we did and then i know a couple years down the line then you really wanted a kid and i didn't and i wasn't ready and then once we moved back here we actually started trying to like I, it wasn't even a month we started trying and all of a sudden I was pregnant um and at that moment I wasn't really ready because we were living with your parents and that was not how I wanted you know to bring a child because we started looking for houses and all of a sudden I was pregnant and I think we were we were not anticipating getting pregnant within the first month of trying we were very much like you know this is going to take a couple months it could even take a whole year so let's you know start it probably won't happen the first month but (laughs) yeah all of a sudden I was pregnant and I already had a gyno appointment set up so I went to that appointment she wasn't an OB so she just did the normal gyno stuff and during it I remember like being in some pain but it'd been a while since I'd gone to get you know a pap smear and everything done so I just chalked it up to that and I remember like getting into my car afterwards and just being like this hurts like a lot but I again was just like okay maybe it's just I'm just uncomfortable and so I remember going home and I still was hurting down there and I remember sitting at dinner with everybody and like I had to sit on my foot because like there was so much pressure and pain like down in my pelvis region Um, I remember just like sitting there trying to get through dinner and so afterwards I went upstairs was in like just a horrible amount of pain I remember you came upstairs and that's when you got worried and and was like you know what's wrong with you do we need to go to the hospital and I wasn't going to I was like I can get through this but it just got so bad that I was like okay like let's go And then we got to the hospital, told them I was pregnant. We got seen pretty quickly. Um, The the vaginal um, 
ultrasound was probably the most painful thing I've gone through, even having gone through childbirth. That was awful. I remember like her having to like press my legs open because I kept trying to close them. That was that was not fun. <laughs> and then that horrible doctor <laughs> came in and told us that I actually wasn't pregnant. It was an ectopic pregnancy. And I remember him joking about it. About I don't even remember what the joke was, but I remember him like joking about it to try to make the mood lighter, I guess. Yeah, and we're just like sitting there like, uh, are we supposed to be laughing? Yeah, I remember crying once he left because... I thought I was pregnant, and then he's telling me I'm not. And to make matters worse, with the ectopic pregnancy, if you don't know, it's um, say it's like... It's where the egg goes yeah. in the fallopian tube and then pretty much explodes it. Yeah, so then they have to like remove part of it, and it can really hurt chances of pregnancy, and it can happen, you know, again, if you had one. So, yeah. you know, I'm just like on my phone looking up and... Like, this is definitely not good. And I'm trying to, like, text my family. Um, you know, and at the time, um, my sister and brother-in-law knew that uh, we were pregnant, but my parents didn't. So trying to, to weigh that, <laughs> like, talking to the, my sister and brother-in-law in a private chat and then, um, you know, texting my family to basically saying kind of what was going on, um, but also c- kind of dodging the, <laughs> the pregnancy thing. So, um I think that was the the tough part there. Yeah, and after that, they gave me stuff to go to sleep. So I was I was good after that. Um, and then I woke up the next morning to find out I was pregnant. And what happened is that I had an ovarian cyst that was large. And whenever the gynecologist was doing her normal exam. Um, the cyst burst and ruptured my right ovary causing you know a whole bunch of crap to spill out in my abdomen down there so they had to cauterize my ovary and then clean up everything else down there but I was still pregnant at that time yeah and it was I remember the doctors coming in um after the the surgery and you know it was it was one of those things where you know I knew she was pregnant and asking them you know it's not something that I was gonna not ask because you know I wanted to you know know because I didn't know I didn't feel like the baby was gonna be okay and you know the doctor flat out said most likely the I'm pretty sure positive that the you probably won't be able to have a successful pregnancy and I remember talking with you know, we were talking with the nurse and, you know, she was like trying to keep our hopes up and, you know, I've seen a lot, you know, worse Mm. and, you know, people, you know, babies pull through even though they're super small, they're super strong. Um, But unfortunately that, you know, wasn't the case with, with this one. Yeah. Well, I remember I had to go get blood tests to check my um, pregnancy hormone levels and had to keep going to watch it drop. So, you know, obviously after like the second time going to get my blood taken, we knew that it wasn't going to, you know, come to term. So had to wait for all the fun stuff of bleeding and everything. And then um, we had to wait a couple months to start Mm -hmm. trying, which, you know, of course you read that after a miscarriage, a lot of times people get pregnant um, right away and everything else. But 
what, we waited till probably maybe November, December Mm -hmm. to start trying. We tried for a couple months just... And just to put in context, I think it was, what, September? September, we miscarried. We had the miscarriage. So you had to wait a couple months. So I think we waited till the end of November, December to start trying. We did that for a couple months because you had work trips and Mm -hmm. things like that. And then we started doing ovulation tests every month to see when, you know, the prime time was to conceive then we started reading books about how to conceive we i found like diet plans on pinterest of things i should be eating you know like spinach and all the pineapple yeah the pineapple (laughs) around conception is what you're supposed to eat especially like the core of it i remember eating a lot of that um i think i drank it was like raspberry leaf tea or something that was supposed to help all organic yeah Um, we were probably whole foods big shoppers yeah (laughs) everything whole foods yeah a lot of fish i probably still have like a binder somewhere that tells me all the things i needed to eat i'm pretty sure we kept even a a recipe book yeah of of things like nuts and like just all these like different healthy things that you were supposed to be eating and then after a couple months of that and not conceiving, we started, I started going to acupuncture. I went um, once. It was, it was in my <laughs> cup of tea. <laughs> James doesn't like needles. Um, I, I did acupuncture. The doctor there started giving me like uh, Chinese herb medicine to take where I would do it in like dosages and up it every couple of weeks. So I was doing that. Um, And then I think we got to about October and we still hadn't Mm -hmm. anything. And luckily James's insurance through his work is really good. And he started looking into um, like IVF and IUI and all that kind of stuff and like what we could do further if we still weren't getting pregnant. And so James did his research. He found, you know, a doctor here or not even a doctor, a, a group. Yeah, there was a quite a bit of different groups. And at that time, I was so ready. Obviously, we were so ready for a kid after having been pregnant and then not being able to get pregnant for over a year. It's like, all right, like I want a kid now. And um there was a couple of groups and i kind of narrowed it down to two offices i don't remember the one but the other one was um rma of new jersey and the other place had actually opening sooner um but i kept reading about rma and just their success rate all that they were doing the studies that they were doing um the other kind of procedures that they do to help um a you know a couple conceive um i thought that was going to be our better option and i i'm so glad that we we ended up going with them um so i set up an appointment um for uh rma and we went and we had an amazing or you like the doctor i was she was She's she's a doctor. Yeah. She's very much a doctor. So if you want warm, fuzzy feeling person, this was not the lady, which I'm perfectly fine with. I'd rather her just tell me straight, like, this is what's wrong. This is what you need to do. Um, 
you know, no sugar coating stuff, which James would have loved. But since I was going to be the one having to go through everything, we decided to go with this doctor because I liked her. And so we talked to her about, you know, our different options and just with our insurance. And I think, I don't know if age was a factor at all, but she said, you know, not to do insemination, to just go with IVF because you had better chances of conceiving with that as opposed to any of the other routes. And the percentages of insemination um, was low as well. So um, it's, you could... For the cost, it's super, it's so much cheaper than IVF, but the chance of it happening, you'd have to go through multiple kind of, I guess, cycles of that. And well, the chances were depends, still very low. And it, it depends, depends on, on what's, yeah. what's wrong. Because mm-hmm. um, even through our first IVF cycle, the doctors didn't really know why we weren't getting pregnant. Um, so through our first IVF cycle, we went through it. We'll have another podcast one day about like kind of how that was and like tips about it. Um, you know, we did all the shots, like hundreds of shots, which James thor- thoroughly enjoyed giving to me, especially the ones in my stomach, right? The ones that bled a lot. <laughs> Those I think actually were, I think it was... The- Those ones hurt though. The ones in the stomach hurt. It just... Giving the shots, I just felt horrible just because <laughs> if you're the guy and you guys are going through in like infertility problems and you go through IVF, the problem is like the guy does pretty much, it's like the support, you know? Um, and I felt so bad because I'm, you did I'm administering this pain to her. Um, and, you know, you feel bad. You don't want to put your wife through horrible pain just to, you know, the baby was going to be mutually both of ours. So it's like, so you're going to deal with all the pain, even like a woman has to deal with, you know, giving birth to afterwards. So it's like a constant, like to get pregnant, to deal with pregnancy and then to give birth. It's like a, from just from the start, you have to just deal with a little extra. Yeah. Well, that's what all guys (laughs) do in, you know, making a baby anyways what you did to the cop is what a guy does to a woman it's how they get pregnant but the first part there's that little added extra that a guy has to not do (laughs) yeah i get i get jabbed with a needle every night um but we went through the first ivf cycle i don't even remember how many eggs they got out of me it wasn't very many though i think it was maybe 11 Mm. which a lot of times most women have like 20 to 30 eggs i remember being like overhearing like some women talk about yeah how like, many them eggs getting, they like, had 30 and yeah. 20 plus and it's like holy crap <laughs> yeah i got maybe 15 i feel like it was like 11 or 12 but it ended up coming down to only two embryos that were like even viable to even put in and they they grade them based on like how good they are and they were both not very well graded yeah from a grade i think they were both like cc's which were are pretty bad i think i feel like d's were the worst yeah i don't remember the grades but i remember we were in new york (laughs) celebrating christmas at the time and got the call that we weren't gonna go in the next day to do a fresh cycle transfer that we were gonna have to wait to do a frozen cycle transfer and have to wait like another month to go through more drugs and 
shots and everything else in order to get ready for the frozen cycle because that's different if you're doing that as opposed to a fresh one Um, a lot of times they do the frozen ones though so we ended up getting transferred I think like in January or something um, had a chemical pregnancy so I thought I was pregnant because of course you start taking pregnancy tests all the time yeah and it's like once you start one and you see even a remote line it's a constant yeah take it take it take it make sure it's not getting lighter and you know unfortunately for us it it did get it, lighter it started getting lighter and you know you're it's a horrible like feeling to you see it getting lighter and you're constantly looking up online and looking at other people's posts with pictures of you know am I still pregnant or you know am I losing my baby and it's having to wait until that doctor's appointment because they weren't going to see you sooner we had like a set date I I don't know it's like it's two weeks afterwards that you then go have your blood test and then they call and tell you whether or not you're gonna have a baby and I remember I got the call at school I'd already told people like I wasn't sure and then they told me of course obviously like it wasn't gonna work and so I went home that day um and then we did the second transfer and nothing it didn't even stick at all so then we had to wait I think maybe a month or two Mm -hmm. to try another IVF cycle um so again, the same process of all the shots and everything else. This time, though, the doctor changed, I think, some of the medicine because through the first cycle and just how I didn't have very many eggs and I had had the cyst, she kind of, I guess, determined that I have polycystic ovary syndrome. So that affects, obviously, your chances of getting pregnant. Plus, um, I was taking thyroid medicine because I have hypothyroidism, I believe. But it's not anything that they would have ever noticed because most people who have hypothyroidism and PCOS are usually overweight and have other problems. And I weigh like 100 pounds. So it's not anything that any doctor had ever told me that I had problems with before, like before going to RMA. Like I never took thyroid medicine or things like that because I've never had any of the normal symptoms of either of these. Um, so because of that, she changed some of the the medicines and shots that I was taking and kind of did a different course. We went through that cycle. I, again, don't think I even had that many eggs you had come less out. This to- uh, the second time than the first time. It was, it was a lot. I think, I think it was like I- six because four of them. It was more. I think I had like... 10 eggs only nine made it past the first day or Mm. something and then we had six that made it to day five and then we paid for the genetic testing on them and we had three that were good and they were they were all graded what two of them were a or a b or something they were pretty high grade and then one of them is a little lower grade Um, But not by much. And so we have two frozen embryos right now. We put the first one in, which is now our beautiful baby girl. (laughs) Yeah. And I think if you have the money, I would, I highly recommend, you know, definitely speak with your doctors um, regarding it. But the genetic testing, I think, helps in the way of 
knowing what is good because you can have a, a highly graded embryo or even a lowly low graded embryo but if the genetic makeup isn't good which would be found in that um, testing it kind of saves you that pain um, and that time of that hope of you know is this going to be the one that you know I'm going to get pregnant with um, you can find out the sex early we did you don't have to um <laughs> uh, yeah we we didn't initially when we had them put the embryo in and then i emailed our nurse i think that same day or the next day to ask what the gender was because after we got home we were like wait a second like we really want to know because we're hoping it's a girl but we don't want to say that we're hoping it's a girl and so i emailed her and then you read the email first yeah you punk and um, I, I thought we both would have read it type of thing and i was we being <laughs> a wonderful person and was going to wait to that. read it with you <laughs> and then yeah. you texted me you were like yay and i was like you son of a <laughs> and then i felt super horrible <laughs> and i felt like a jerk <laughs> and then yeah we had our baby girl we can talk about pregnancy and childbirth another time because if you've gone through that it's it's wonderful joys of childbirth and everything else james has fond memories of me giving birth to our daughter yeah well we'll discuss that it was it was like one of those horror slasher movies where you just see the blood like splurt out on you'll we'll talk about it another day but just for anybody going um, through infertility, whether you are struggling and you haven't gone to the route of IVF and you're just looking to try to conceive naturally or, you know, you are going through a couple cycles of IVF, um, whether it's your first cycle or it's your fifth cycle, um, you know, don't give up. Um God will find a way to get you that child, whether it's we have friends who adopted, we have friends who fostered and, you know, adopted. We have friends who were able to conceive naturally um, after a while. <laughs> you mean the same friends yeah. that adopted <laughs> and then um, had two kids naturally several years later. So now they have a million children in their house. Um it's it's definitely rough um it's probably one of the hardest things you know i think we had to do not only individually but as a married couple um that pain and that kind of emptiness of you want that family you feel like you're ready and it just isn't happening and it's not your fault um it's just the way things are and i think that's that was the hardest part of it all is you can't do anything and you feel so powerless. Yeah. Well, it's like you always knew you were supposed to be a parent and then it's like all of a sudden, you know, maybe God's telling you you're not supposed to be. And it's like, well, what have I been thinking all these years? But I think everything that you go through, you know, can have a purpose for your life of whether it's helping other people or just changing your perspective and I know obviously we didn't go through infertility for a long time. It obviously felt like a very long time mm -hmm. to us while you're going through it. But I know there's so many other people out there that have been trying for years and years. And 
I can't even imagine how I would be at that point. But yeah. but just know that, you know, there there's always a plan for your life. And whether you see it now or not, you know, eventually you will see what that plan was. And you'll you'll look back and go, oh, that's why we went through that. That's why all of that happened. And whether it's to, you know, touch someone else's lives or, um, you know, you're just going to be the the best badass parent to that kid when you get them. You know, everything, I, I, I truly believe everything has, has a will and a reason in your life. And, you know, they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. Once Once you're past it, you'll look back and go, Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I think that's a, a good place to, to end our first episode. Um, if you like this episode, definitely, you know, subscribe. Um, let us know in, I think, the review section. I think it's the only way to really let us know your feelings. And if you want, you know, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's uh, Jimmy P seven J I M I P seven. Uh, feel free for any guys who uh, need help giving administering shots or getting that courage to <laughs> to give those shots. Um, if you're afraid of needles as much as I am, um, definitely feel free to to reach out. You know, even if you just want to talk through it um, <laughs> and get over your your couple times you almost passed out from <laughs> seeing blood in my needle. <laughs> it was mm. only a couple times, mm. though. Only, luckily, only I think twice <laughs> that it was to a point where I was like, "All right, I'm gonna have to sit down." Well, and that was my butt shots, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, where can they find you? Um, on Instagram, I am perfectly imperfect Alex with periods in between. Perfectly. Our no, no, not our. So perfectly, period. I don't Imperfect, even know period. Alex. Everybody got that? <laughs> Say it one more time. <laughs> perfectly, period. Imperfect, period. Alex. We'd like to hear from you. Um, hope everybody has a fantastic day or rest of the day whenever they're listening to this. And uh, hopefully we can talk soon. <laughs>